0: In this episode of the Smart City Podcast, I had an awesome chat with Neil Glentworth. Neil is the Executive Chairman at GWI, and he is passionate about the ethical use of data to make informed decisions. Neil is also passionate about smarts happening in the regions, which of course I loved, so we had some great conversation about what the regions are doing in this space. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it it's the smart city podcast with smart city experts here we go connecting smart technology both big and small smart cities are making life better for all big data emerging trends self-driving cars and more the smart city podcast is what you're looking for good morning neil how are you today
1: Wonderful Zoe. Thank you very much.
0: Ah, that's excellent to hear. Let's just jump straight into this. And can you tell tell us a little bit about your background and what you are passionate about?
1: Zoe, um, I am passionate about economics and data. So I don't get invited to a lot of dinner parties because all I love to talk about is data and economics and essentially how we can use data to make better decisions. So if it's Data-driven, that's me.
0: Yeah, awesome. So let's talk about what sparked your interest in the smart city space.
1: Well, now I'm going to veer off a little bit slightly from uh, the, the script, as it were. Uh, the smart cities uh, space, uh, look, I, I um, find a bit of troubling with the whole smart cities. I'm interested in civic innovation. I'm interested in um, communities and, um, taking control of their social and economic well-being um gwi which is one of the businesses i own um Has been around for about 10 years, and we've been working in this space for quite a long time in terms of uh, that civic innovation. But I've been fortunate in my career to have worked all around the world and have seen where communities have really taken control of their own destiny and the difference that it can make to them. So this is really an extension of a lot of things that I've done in my life, but I'm very fortunate now to have a company and the resources to help far more organisations and communities.
0: Yeah, awesome. So I'm interested to hear your answer for this next question, which is what is a smart city to you?
1: A smart city to me is something that has nothing to do with technology. It has everything to do with community choice. That's a, a choice to interact um, with transport to interact, with buildings to interact, with open green spaces. Um, it is a choice so that um, local governments, state governments, federal governments can make better decisions of the scarce allocation of resources, ultimately enabled by technology, but at its core, it's about people and everything to do with how people um, fulfil their social and economic needs.
0: Cool. Okay. So why do you think the smart city concept is so important?
1: Look, there's a lot of um, challenges in the Asia-Pacific region economically, um, and one of the phenomena that's caught a lot of demographers and economists off guard is urbanisation. So we see a massive um, groundswell in Australia of people moving to the coastal regions. That's leaving towns uh, in central Australia um, a real brain drain, and there is a real uh, focus on reinventing um, those towns and those communities up and down the coast all around Australia. And so the uh, incentive now is how do you do more with less? Now, making use of data that's already available it helps communities do more with less, whether it be making better decisions in terms of how to bring tourists in where they're better decisions how to use their assets so they don't become stranded assets. Essentially, um, local government, particularly in Australia, has a very small percentage of taxable revenue, which is less than 4%. And so that means that uh, local government has to really think differently how it's going to attract, retain, um, and ultimately grow their populations. Mm, Yeah, cool. So
0: one of my passions is the regional areas so I'm definitely um, keen to hear more about what your thoughts are about how we can do this in the regional areas. So let's talk a little bit about some of the projects and things you're currently working on.
1: So we're we're very fortunate here at GWI we work on projects all across Australia and New Zealand and even into Asia and so we're working on projects from regional Queensland, regional New South Wales, capital cities, um, uh, yeah, up in Northern Territory, um, right up and down, um, the East Coast and around to Victoria. And these range from, uh, large, uh, communities. Um, from communities that have had large manufacturing base that have had to reinvent themselves to communities that are suffering uh, depopulation, uh, in one case at 10% a year um, in those regional areas. And um, the civic leaders, the mayors, the councillors, even the state MPs and federal are really challenged how they can reinvent those regions. So we're dealing with everything. We're also working quite extensively where a lot of so-called plans have taken place which are very technology heavy and kind of detangling those in order to help um, citizens best understand where their rate ratepayer dollars are being spent. Mm.
0: Yeah, cool. So can you expand a little bit on some of those regional projects? What exactly, I I know you won't be able to necessarily go into um, specific details, but maybe some broad concepts of what you're actually doing out in the regional areas?
1: Well, I'll give two, um, and as DWI is headquartered in Queensland, I'll just give two from Queensland so that I help. So let's take one on the east coast. So let's take the city of Rockhampton. Um city of Rockhampton um, has had some challenges uh, over the years, You've got a, a rather trailblazing mayor um, and a very committed executive team. And essentially what they wanted to do was socially and economically activate um, the, the city of Rockhampton and make it a safer and more vibrant place. Um, What we're able to do um, is bring all of the intersection of the social, the economic, the cultural needs together um, to make a far more um, activated space. And that's now on the riverfront in um, Rockhampton. That's now in the CBD. That's now with their um, innovation and civic innovation hub. That's the close relationships with Central uh, Queensland University. So that's a a real um, good example. If we come further down the coast, we have um, University of Sunshine Coast, and they're building an amazing um, new campus in the Moreton Bay uh, region. Um, And uh, we're working very heavily with uh, two local governments, university um, and a whole range of spires, federal, state, to bring together the smart campus operation. Um, that um, University of Sunshine Coast is pulling together, and then if we suddenly take a, a left turn, if you're looking north and head, let's say, a thousand um, kilometres out west, and and take towns like Barcaldine, Longreach, Winton. Where we're helping reinvent those economies, um, and recently in the media you would have seen a big, large focus about the use of drones with wild dogs, and that's one example where we're working very closely with a region, making those things happen, um, and bringing in new talent and new population to those regions.
0: Mm, yeah, cool. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, I, I, you probably know that. Yes, I'm very passionate about bringing that. Um, and lessen the brain drain and actually bring people out to the region. So we have to have exciting things going on out there. So I think some of the work you're doing will definitely um, help in that. So that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about Australia and how, how do you think Australia – I mean, we can focus down into Queensland, but I know you work all across Australia – How do you think Australia is embracing the smart city concept?
1: Um, uh, Look, if I'm being really honest, I think superficially. um, I I think um, there's a real challenge in Australia that we have um, some very big handbrakes on the wider economy. And there's a lot of superficiality about it. There are some communities who are really committed, really forward thinking. But when the reality of so many jobs could face automation, um, there isn't the economic density. We actually need to double down on the whole focus of how we reinvent our urban environments and our regional environments. And um, I personally don't believe we're taking it as seriously as we could be um, because the impacts are so great. And let me give you one example Um if uh, I now could go to my local electrical store or mower store, I can buy a robotic uh, uh, lawn mower, um, and I can set that lawn mower. And you can buy them from Amazon. You can buy them from a whole range, Harvey Norman, wherever. And I can set that to run on my lawn. It won't take long before the community is wondering why there is a human being sat on a lawnmower in a park, and their rates are still going up. And we need to tackle and have those tough conversations. And there doesn't yet seem the appetite. That said, I'm, I'm pleased to see that there are many who are willing to have that. And you know, one of our greatest dilemmas is finding the skilled people um, in actually to service the demand. We just can't find those skilled people.
0: Mm, definitely. I think that leads to the next question, which is how do you think we can better, you know, integrate across the different disciplines, government industries, so we can ensure that, you know, we have the right skill sets, that kind of cross disciplinary, cross disciplinary skill set, um, for the smart city in the future?
1: That is a wonderful question, and I listened intently to many of your podcasts, in particular the one with Marcus Forth, who is a real sort of fantastic person in this space, and I I think it's the challenge of the uh, generation of people that are going for university uh, at the moment is changing that whole educational mix is changing and recognizing that we need different skill sets so that we can bring engineers, we can bring building developers, we can bring, um, you know, uh, scientists all together uh, and actually focus in the one area of how do we... Um, better grow for urbanisation, and how do we make reason, regions more resilient? Um, and Zoe, I know you're uh, based up in uh, Toowoomba in Queensland, and there's a wonderful gentleman, Professor John Cole, who looks after regional resilience, and it's working closer with people like that, people like Marcus Forth, and bringing them together um, so that we can actually make Australia a more a, a place of greater economic depth um, and helping the community make better decisions.
0: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Now I've got lots to think about. Now I'm going to have to get um the guy in Tumbler here on the podcast as well.
1: <laughs> you totally are. John Cole is is uh, um, incredibly impressive and has done a lot for regions and and really brings us together. And along with the, the wonderful Marcus Forth that you've already got on. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, and that's the thing. There are so many. Um, really smart people out in the regions I mean I haven't even done enough myself to kind of reach out um, that way as well so I need to uh, do that because I think like you mentioned with drones I mean that's not the only technology obviously but you know smart farming and and all those type of things is just you know it just makes sense because it's more efficient and you know they can save money and you know save time and labor and all that kind of stuff and they're not even talking about you know, oh well, yes, I'm going to embrace the smart city concept. They're just doing it because it makes sense. Um, so I think that's that's what's going to happen, um, particularly in the regions, in the cities as well. But in the regions, they're just going to do whatever makes sense. They're not going to worry about what the 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 concept or the framework or the you know the urban planners are telling them. They're just going to do whatever um, is the most efficient and effective and makes makes them feel except you know that they can live and and it access things the way that they need to
1: one of the mistakes that we can often make um being city dwellers um is discounting how advanced some of the regions are Mm -hmm. um and also woe the, the poor regions far from it. Um, based out of Longreach there are seven councils known as the Rapid Remote Area Planning Councils and um, they have long collaborated and are doing absolutely phenomenal work in making that region vibrant and let me just give you examples for many years um, cattle have come up to um, RFID trackers they come up to automated weigh stations they are automatically, automatically tracked as they're weighed um, and they're making Making better decisions. The use of drones has been quite extensive um, and for many years, and often we forget um, those places in regional Australia that are really doing it well. I'm, I'm about to spend, as of uh, this coming Friday, I've got another nine days out in the regions working with uh, graziers, um, um, working with enormous data sets with them bringing together uh, different ways of working. Um, but they're incredibly advanced and there is a lot going on. We just don't hear a lot about it. Um, and It's a real shame because we we think of this whole smart city notion as something that's urban where actually region's being reinvented and they're being um, really, really smart put together.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, let's talk about this next question, which is, what are the emerging trends? So I like to talk about the ones that other people aren't talking about. So do you have any thoughts on that?
1: So there, there is an enormous amount of emerging trends, but one of the things that I really am keen to talk about and get across, it goes back to my why I don't get invited to dinner parties much, is about data ethics. And, um, with everything that we're doing in this space where where the internet of things bringing together public private data is the ethical moral use of data and and is that an emerging trend no but it's a real fundamental point when we think about machine learning artificial intelligence just because you've got the data doesn't mean you should use it and what I'm really pleased to, pleased to see is there is a lot of thought being given to now about how ethical is it to use data as an emerging trend in this whole space so just because you've got it and let me give you an example of that so for instance if you can now better predict where areas are going to flood should you tell everybody and their insurance premiums go through the roof or should you not tell them and they might get flooded so you've got a real moral dilemma there and um, people are going to pay more for where they live in insurance and um, the house value will lower but yet we can use data to tell us. And that's not as an easy decision as you think Um, because there is a moral dilemma there. Essentially, uh, we can use data for good, but we can also use it to cause uh, a bit of harm as well. So the real emerging trend is people starting to deep think about the use of data.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think there's lots of um, ethical... and. and moral uh, challenges um, that we'll get, we're will we going to face. But I think we, I mean, we face those every day with, you know, we've accepted certain levels um, and now there'll be different levels or different thresholds that we'll have to work out.
1: Uh, absolutely. And there are, and you, that's a really great point, Zoe, different thresholds. Uh, and there are, there are some um, demographics in the community that care very little for their data being shared. There are others that care very deeply. And that's a really good point because at the heart of anything smart where we use data is treating in, uh, people as individuals, not as a group. So the real sort of tradition is everything is group based. We make the decision on the best behalf of the group. What the whole process allows now, with uh, extensive use of data, is people to have more individual experiences, and thus um, public services are more individually orientated.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, how do you think that you know the new um, G G what is it GDPR kind of fits into all of that?
1: ah the whole uh, gdpr yeah, yeah license to print money if you're uh, in, in certain sectors look um i i i think the impact is actually um quite low in real terms uh, in terms of compliance because those businesses that have been acting ethical um no change you know it is more making their customers aware that data um, basically is very much the customer's owner and at, at sort of GWR we have this bit of a mantra which is uh, data is for a customer to own uh, not for anybody else to take Um what it's actually done the whole thing with Cambridge Analytica Facebook is it's brought it to the public consciousness that if you share something that's it it's gone forever so the GDPR um arrangements uh, aren't fundamentally changing anything um other than really getting people to think hard now if somebody gets it wrong that's where you'll see it really hit hard because there is now a legal um a framework particularly those companies passing through Europe um to actually take a, an act upon any breaches in data but uh we'll wait to see when that actually happens well the only other change is is lots of emails in your inbox updating you
0: yes um I think one of the emerging trends, and you spoke about it a lot, was the regional areas, so the smart, smart city, um, but it's actually a smart region. So I, I wonder whether do you see things I mean, obviously things are happening dif- you know different things are happening in the regions and, and the cities, but do you see anything that's like really emerging in those regional areas that people are just completely oblivious um, in the city?
1: Uh, Yes, I do. It's a great question, Zoe, and uh, I do. Um, There is a very different level of resilience, and I mean that by community resilience. And and again, I, in the regional areas where people just get on and make things happen. So let's take um, one business, uh, for instance. There's a lady called Joy McClaremont called Off the Track Training. She's based on a property in the middle of nowhere, 100 kilometers from any town, and she's a personal trainer. And she provides personal training out to lots of other regional people online um, for a very successful model. People aren't now saying, I have to leave the regions. The tyranny of distance is gone through connectivity. And regardless of how good or bad the connectivity is, they're making the most of it. Um, Recently, we've seen lots of footage of uh, Lake Air in Australia being um, having a deluge of rain, and we've seen the flora and fauna. Uh, all of that footage has come from people running um, commercial drone businesses out in regional Australia where media companies are able to access that. Previously, it was very expensive to get out there. Um, we're seeing businesses um, who find it hard to get parts for photocopiers or machines Um, print with 3D printers. And I know of two businesses out in Western Queensland that actually will print a part when a part breaks down on a tractor or a harvester or or of some sort. So people are thinking different um, and are changing the game. And there there is not enough attention on what's going on in the regions. Um, If they got um, even a fraction of the money that is getting into the urban areas, they'd be in a far
0: better place. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um um yeah, I love that. Awesome. Cool. Well it's been so awesome to chat with you this morning, Neil, and I'm so glad that we had this conversation. Um, I really just have one last question, which is how can people connect with you?
1: um uh, look uh, people can connect with me on twitter on linkedin they can email me direct they can call me i'm a pretty open book um uh, anybody who connects with me i always take the time um to chat to people um i have the luxury of being able to spend that time with people because i'm actually interested in learning off them rather than the other way around so um you find me as i say twitter linkedin um and you can email me all through the gwi website
0: Yeah, cool. I'll put um, all those links and everything in the show notes so people can click away and get in touch. So thanks again for coming on to the Smart City Podcast.
1: And uh, thank you, Zoe, and congratulations on the ongoing of your podcast. It is excellent.
0: Thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you soon. It's the Smart City Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Smart City Pod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. The Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for.